You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on this season of Bachelor in Paradise and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 307. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm reading your emails today. How about that? And including in that, the very first email you're going to hear me read is a 10-minute breakdown of what the real story is behind Sally Carson going on Bachelor in Paradise. That reenactment that you saw on Monday night with Wells and the producer that you think is, ha-ha, funny, funny literally threw a contestant under the bus for no reason other than their own pleasure. Not only threw her under the bus, backed it up on her about five or six times. Because pretty much everything in that reenactment, in terms of what you heard them say and the story Wells told, was bullshit. I have the actual story of what happened. The basics of it did happen. Producer goes there, tries to get her, brings her to her ex-boyfriend's house. They go to the airport to fly out. She gets a call, all that stuff. That part happened, but every single detail in it didn't. So I will explain that to you in today's podcast. But uh, we'll take a break real quick. Take a break momentarily for your sponsors. So if you didn't catch it already, the Daily Roundup from earlier today has been posted. It was up a couple hours ago. It should be in your reality, Steve podcast feed and in it I go over um, where we're at in Bachelor filming, kind of tease what's coming up with this Sally story, the fact that the Bachelor and baseball have intersected and the the husband of a former contestant on The Bachelor is the one who caught Aaron Judge's 60-second home run on Tuesday night in Dallas against the Rangers. Um, Talk a little bit about Survivor. I watched the beginning of The Love Boat show the reality show on right after survivor i haven't watched the whole thing i'll probably have more to say on that tomorrow when i watch um it today and then um i have some information or not information but how unbelievably popular the kardashians are in this world we already know how popular they are they've built an empire but how much that family runs entertainment sites and the coverage that entertainment sites give them is (laughs) is pretty amazing something i hadn't seen Also, um, we have the odds for who Tom Brady will be dating next since, according to the New York Post, he and Giselle have both hired divorce lawyers, so it seems like that's where we're headed. A gambling website has put out the odds for who Tom Brady would date next and who Giselle would date next. So we go over those as well, and then I give my take on the NFL concussions that are happening, especially the Tua Tagovailoa one that was just awful last Thursday night, and kind of go over that. So today, I didn't really have, um, it's not that I had a guest cancel last minute, just was very tough to find a guest that I had somebody that I thought was going to do it, but they needed to postpone it. I said, okay. So I was just like, okay, it's been a couple months since I've done reader emails. Let's just do this. I can cover the Sally stuff. And there is a email. The last email that I read is, I'd say, very important, um, and I, there is a trigger warning to it, so you have been warned, and you're going to be warned again when you hear me uh, when you hear me read that one. But yeah, it's um, 
the Sally story obviously is 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 a major form of bullying, and um, yeah, clearly uh, the information I have is coming from sources who are very close to the situation. And you might say, well, see, that seems one-sided. Yeah, but do you know what the other side is? Production. Producers. Do you honestly think that they're going to answer and they're going to tell you their side of things? Their side of things was that stupid reenactment they did on Monday night because that's what they're telling you happened. And they can say like, oh, it's just, you know, you can talk about how, oh, Bachelor in Paradise is a silly, fun summer show. They're just being funny. If you're Sally, do you think that was funny on Monday? That's the whole point. They're literally embarrassing a contestant on this show for no other reason than their own pleasure. You know, if they're mad at Sally, okay, but again, I'm not saying they can't do it because, you know, these contracts say they can do whatever they want to you. But let's call it what it is. It was total bullying and embarrassing of a of a contestant and making up a whole storyline that never happened. And you'll hear why when I answer uh, the first question in today's reader emails. And again, I will always remind you that anytime you hear advertisers on this podcast, especially ones that I voice that have a promo code, if you don't remember them because you're listening to me in your car or on a walk or at the gym, anything along those lines, all you got to do is go to Apple Podcasts where I see that 86% of you listen to my podcast through Apple Podcasts. Just go to the episode description and I always put the advertiser for that particular podcast in there. All you got to do is click on the advertiser name and it brings you right to the landing page. So it tells you, you know, the promo code and anything you need to put in. But whether it's, you know, Dame Products, Green Chef, Athletic Greens, First Leaf, they're all there. So in case you forget, you want to go back and use the code, by all means, you can do that. So just remember that. But not a whole hell of a lot to get into. Like I said, we're Bachelor, we're um, Episode or Rose Summer number three was last night. Obviously, it's way too early to even know who got eliminated last night. But we have episode two was two group dates and a one-on-one. Episode three was one group date, the football group date, and two one-on-ones. One of them went to Allie Jacobs. On uh, Tuesday, you saw that she was in Santa Barbara Winery and on a one-on-one date where they were at the winery and they also had a hot tub there. So I'm assuming Allie uh, advanced and got a rose. Most people do early on when they get one-on-ones. The occasional ones have gone home early, but early one-on-ones are pretty safe bets that they're going to be, excuse me, going to be around for a little bit. So Allie got the second one-on-one. There's only two dates that I don't know who was on yet. The one-on-one in episode two and the first one-on-one in episode three, which would have been Sunday. Although I do know the location was the Natural History Museum in L.A. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm sure I'll get more information as the season goes on. But without any further ado, let's get going. Um, Here I am answering your reader emails for podcast number 307. All right, let's get started with your emails here. Uh, First one, longtime reader, not first-time emailer, though never got a response, LOL. Sorry, it's impossible to respond to everybody. Don't know what your first email was. Anyway, love what you do. And totally agree that you give a different way to watch the show over ruining the show. I love watching the show, knowing who wins. It makes me all fuzzy inside, following their love story, the journey, the heartbreak, the whole nine yards. That said, can we talk about tearing someone down just to tear them down? I completely cringed during the whole Wells skit about Sally. Poor girl ultimately opted not to go on The Bachelor because she wasn't in the right headspace. So naturally, let's embarrass her further. Holy fuck. 
We don't even know her. Never even got a chance to do something wrong. She made a rash decision to go on a dating show, opted out, then decided that Paradise was more her vibe, and the women, in parentheses, producers, tear her down completely, and for what? I'm legit disgusted. Curious about your thoughts on this. Thanks again for all the content. Hope your leg is feeling better and also taking full advantage of scooter life. Before I answer about Sally, I will say this. I went to the doctors on Monday, one more month on the scooter. They want three months of complete healing. It's healing very well. Uh, I've said from the very beginning, I have, haven't. the best part about this is I haven't felt any pain at all. So it's not pain. I just can't put any pressure on my leg. I'm guessing if I tried to walk right now, yeah, I'd feel pain, but I'm not dumb. But they want another month of me healing, and then I start rehab in a month, and then at that point I can have the boot on but walk instead of using a scooter. So that's where we're at with my Achilles. Thank you for asking. As for Sally, let's go over this. This is something I've been teasing for a few days. I said I was going to wait till Tuesday to do it because I wanted to see how she appeared on Monday's episode, but it's become such a big topic and it's getting out of hand and just wanted to uh, lay down exactly what went down. Now, this is clearly going to be information that is obviously coming from one side, but I've heard it from enough of that one side. You have to understand, you know what the other, you know what getting the other side of the story would be? Getting the story from production. When has anybody from production ever done an interview in the history of the show where they actually talked about their job and their role on the show and how they manipulate and force contestants to do things? Never. So clearly, you might say, oh, this is biased. It's not biased. This is what happened. So the reenactment skit that they had Wells do, actually, like the basis of it the, the was right. They were telling you a story of how Sally came to be and what they did. But every single part of it was either a lie or an exaggeration, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. First off, they said in the reenactment that a producer went to went to uh, where she South Carolina, went to South Carolina to go get Sally and bring her on the show. That happened. I don't know why they went out of their way and literally had a producer fly across the U.S. to bring a contestant on the show that had five minutes of airtime on Clayton season. Remember, she was the girl who was in the hotel and she decided against it because it was the day her wedding was supposed to take place. She had ended her engagement uh, two weeks earlier and Clayton said, I'll give you a rose. You can come on the show. You'll be safe. And she's just like, no. So already anybody that saying she was out for clout, wouldn't someone want to go on the show that was out for clout? She literally turned it down. She had every reason to go on the show and be like, oh, this can get me this, and this can get me this, and Instagram followers. She didn't. And this isn't some sort of defense of Sally. I don't know her, but I know the story. So, and I know that the the negativity towards Sally is she's just out for clout or whatever, and if you're out for clout, you go on the show. You call people out all the time for going on the show for clout. Now someone doesn't go on the show and she's being called out for being a clout chaser. It's like you, you people make no sense sometimes. Anyway, so a producer did go to South Carolina to get her on the show. A producer knocked on her door and a guy answered. Well, did they explain in the reenactment that Sally has a male roommate? No, they didn't. They made it seem like just a guy answered the door and made it seem like, oh, something might have been going on there. It wasn't. 
producer talks to Sally. Sally um, agrees to get in the car and go to her ex-boyfriend's house. She does go to the ex-boyfriend's house. The reenactment said she put the producer in the trunk and was at her ex-boyfriend's house for four hours. Never happened. The producer stayed in the car, and the, the conversation, I was told, took 10 minutes. So, again, just a complete exaggeration, throwing a contestant under the bus. All right? So, already, two big lies. Oh, going back to, sorry, getting off, uh, getting off my timeline here. Going back to when the producer showed up at the house and the guy answered the door and said, oh, yeah, she's not, she's not available to come. She's got explosive diarrhea. Never happened. I'm sorry, that that didn't happen. She doesn't have explosive diarrhea. I don't know what else to tell people. Um, that's not what happened. They just threw that in there to, again, just embarrass her for God knows what reason. So they go to the ex-boyfriend's house, and the, the conversation was, well, why did they go to the ex-boyfriend's house? Because there is a business relationship between the two of them, and it was a work-related phone, uh, it was a work-related meeting, you know, that hey, if I do this, I'm going to be gone for X amount of time. I'm going to be missing X amount of time at work, possibly. So that's what the phone call, that keeps saying phone call, that's coming up. That's what it was about. They go to the airport. That definitely happened. Producer and Sally went to the airport. At that time, Sally received a phone call or got on the phone call. And then at that point told the producer, I can't go. The reenactment said it was because she was talking to her ex and her ex convinced her not to go and she was still in love with her ex and that's why she didn't get on the plane. Absolutely 100% false. Did not happen. What Sally was doing, as it was explained to me, was that was a work-related phone call and the person on the other end, because Sally is involved in, I, I don't want to, I don't know the title of it, but she basically runs like a robot that does spine surgery. Like this is important shit. She's not a fucking receptionist. Not you know, insulting receptionist, but I'm saying she's got a very important job and it's like spine surgery and she controls the, the, the robot that does the spine surgery, something along those lines. And so when she originally had agreed to go on the show for that particular day, somebody that was filling in that day did not have the qualifications to be there without Sally being there. And she found out that day when she was at the airport. So what they did was they told her, you can't, you have to be here for this. And obviously with an important job like that, yeah. But the thing was, what I was told was Sally said, look, I can come to paradise. I can come tomorrow. I can come the next day. I just can't come today. And so she didn't get on the plane, but not because of anything having to do with being in love with an ex-boyfriend. It was completely work-related. But the show made it seem like it was over an ex-boyfriend. So at that time, the producer, very upset, Sally had already checked her bags. And so what, what was explained to me was the gate agent told Sally, your bags will go to Mexico or wherever. I don't know if it was a nonstop or whatever. I have no idea. But when your bags arrive in Mexico, as long as you don't take them off the baggage carousel and then they just get checked and, you know, held for lost and found or whatever, it will be sent back to you. Apparently, Sally had two bags. One of them got sent back to her. The other one, the producer, when they got off the plane, took one of Sally's bags. And so Sally had her main suitcase in Mexico. Other one got sent back to South Carolina. So Sally eventually goes to Mexico. And this whole thing with the the suitcase, 
I was told that the suitcase that was in that room was not Sally's. Sally did not pack a waffle iron. Sally did not pack a vibrator. That was all a fake suitcase with the word Sally on it just so they could create a storyline where the women went through her bag. Women that have since apologized behind the scenes to Sally, admitting, look, we just did this because they told us to. Like, I know that these contestants won't come out and say that. Hey, 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 ladies, I'll say it for you. I'm very well aware of what's going on behind the scenes in this story. So, yeah, I'll say it for you. I I know that you've already apologized for what you did. And... You know, and that's the slippery slope. I talked about this yesterday. It's a very slippery slope when it comes to this show because it's still those girls' fault. If those girls don't open up Sally's suitcase and don't listen to production, even though production threatens you with things, they still did it. If those girls don't open up the suitcase, there's no storyline here at all. But I I do understand their plight, and that's why they're taking to social media and being very vocal about how production treated them this season. Granted, yes, I understand it was their actions. However, it's very hard to explain to the average fan sitting at home that they, while reality TV, everybody knows it's fake and it's not real, you don't understand how not real it is and how much pressure you're put under to do things that maybe you don't want to do. And yes, you might say, well, just leave. Just get off the show. It's not as easy as you think it is. So um, that was a bag that... The production team, basically the producer that went to the airport with Sally in South Carolina and then flew to Mexico without Sally, she ruined Sally getting her bag back by taking it off the carousel. I know who the producer is. I'm not going to say their name. There's no need to. But if they don't touch the bag and take it off the carousel, then Sally gets her bag back and she never goes to paradise. But she ends up going because, one, her bag is there and she feels like she needs to come get it. Like, that's legitimately a reason why she went. Now, I think she still wanted to be a, a part of the show, but um, what was the other thing about this story? Yeah, so that's that's the essential part of it, is the bag that was used on the show was just a regular suitcase that they just threw a bunch of stuff in and threw a waffle iron and a vibrator in that wasn't Sally's bag. But you'll see Sally show up on the show on Monday, and I think there's a part of her storyline is, I'm coming to get my bag. Like, <laughs> And then when she gets there, she finds out everything that's going on behind her back, and then she's like, F this, I'm out of here. So she's barely on the show. But that's what you're going to see. And that's the honest-to-God story of what happened behind the scenes. So now you tell me, who looks crazy in this? Who's the one who... You watch that reenactment now, and you're like, straight up Wells, you participated in something that absolutely embarrassed a woman, and participated in something that made her look bad when she didn't do any of that. So, you know, you can you can say all you want about, oh, stop waving your Sally flag. I'm just here telling you the truth because this is what happened. Do I have a way of proving it? No, I don't. <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem. I, I can't prove it without outing sources, numerous sources on this. Put two and two together. What do you believe more? What I just told you? Or a reenactment of Wells and a producer doing a stupid skit. All right, next email, because that was a 10-minute answer. Sorry. Um, I'm curious your thoughts and opinions on the couples, i.e. Brandon and Serene, who seem to come on the show clearly knowing each other in some way, whether they had previously met in person before the show. In their case, I'm sure it consisted of Instagram DMs. And I don't believe they were dating by any means, so they met on the beach for the first time. It can be a good time to get to know someone and spend time with them while on a nice vacation and being paid. 
but they could also be together without having ever gone on VIP. What are your thoughts? I think the situation is different from couples who come on dating and try to pretend like they have never met. Just curious in your opinion. Thanks. I don't know anything about the background of Brandon and Serene pre-show, but do I think that they never contacted each other in some way, shape, or form? No, I'm sure they did. Most of these people do. But this is what the show's become, so I'm not going to jump down anyone's throat. The only reason, the only way I would jump on a contestant or contestants for this matter is if they planned something pre-show. Brandon and Serene could have talked and they could have shown interest in each other and said, okay, when we get to Paradise, you know, we don't need to see each other pre-show, but when we get to Paradise, let's explore something. But when people come on plotting like the whole Brendan and Piper thing last year, like that is what people have an issue with. I'm sure some people have an issue with people talking pre-show, but I, you have to get over that because that's what this show has become now. These people all talk. These people all slide into DMs. Some of them might see each other pre-show. Hell, Sally and uh, Aaron saw each other pre-show at Stagecoach, and they were probably going to look to explore something in Paradise before this all blew up. But I don't blame Brandon and Serene. They didn't do anything wrong. Now, was it more serious behind the scenes? I guess it could have been. I don't know. But... If they were just talking and DMing, hell, even FaceTiming and texting each other every night, um, as long as they weren't a couple going into the show. Like last year, Brendan and Piper were a couple. They were dating pre-show, and then they just tried to lie to the audience. That doesn't look good. But if you're into somebody and you make it known you're into them over a DM or a text or a FaceTime, and you know both know you're going on Paradise, and you just say, like, hey, I'm just know I'm interested and I can't wait to see you down there, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Who cares? The whole point is to explore down in paradise. It's when they're officially a couple and it's obvious they were hooking up or dating pre-show. And then they go down there and pretend like, oh, wow, I can't believe you're here. Like, that's phony. And that's not Brandon and Serene. Next email. Hey, Steve, more observations versus questions. You were spot on with Charlie and Mark. Charlie. Oh, (laughs) Dance with the Stars. I was thinking my brain was in Bachelor in Paradise land. He touched her a little more this week, but it looked forced and awkward. His hands were clasped behind his back, and he barely looked at her. My initial guess was that she was a diva and he didn't like her, but she seemed so sweet. Who knows? Maybe he broke his wife's trust and she gave him rules. Again, yeah, I don't know the full answer to this. Um, Before this podcast, I did not go back and watch episode one, but for some reason in my head, I thought I remember Mark just being like every other couple during the critiques and had his arm around Charlie. Maybe he didn't. I need to go back and watch that, but... Yes, in Monday's episode, same thing. While he didn't have his hands in his pockets, he had them behind his back. He put his hand on her shoulder and kind of squeezed her a little bit when the judges gave her a very positive remark, and then he like patted her on the shoulder, but then his hands went right behind his back after that. So it's got to be an age thing. It's got to be something, and you know, yes, Mark is married, but I thought he had been on this show post-marriage and had been... A, a, He's been married for six years. He's had to have been a pro dancer within the last six seasons, hasn't he? I know he took some time off, but maybe I'm wrong. I just know that Mark is doing something that no other pro dancer is doing this season. He's not touching his dancer during the critiques and during the scoring. And I just, it it must be because she's 18 and he feels weird, or the show doesn't even want it out there to make people even speculate something could possibly be going on. That's my only guess. Next, um, this email still says, I was bummed that Kira went home. I found her to be hilarious. What a buzzkill. Don't worry. She's coming back. That's in the spoilers. 
Clayton and Susie, oh man, basically acknowledging that the show and toxic patronation ruined their relationship, just sad. They seem like both nice, normal-ish people. I agree. I don't think that you can put it all on toxic patronation. I never said that. But to say they didn't play a huge role, it would be would be naive. They clearly came out and said that, that him dealing with the public criticism and the public pitchforking that people did for what happened on his season didn't help his mental health whatsoever, which then affected his relationship with her. And I'm sure the same with Susie, that it was very hard to deal with being with a guy who was, I don't want to say universally, but majority of people that watched the show didn't like him and didn't like what happened at the end of the season. And that, that can't be easy, you know, at all. And then this email ends up. And lastly, Eric, man, that guy's a tool. He's majorly sus, as my 13-year-old would say. She actually says he's a rat. I'm glad my 13-year-old has better taste than Gabby. The blackface apology followed by nothing. Actions speak louder than words. And his lack of action says it all. I'm only watching this season because I'd be bored without your pod and Game of Roses. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's very easy, like I said at the time. Um, While I appreciate he did take the time to post an apology, the apology isn't for me. It isn't for anybody who's white. Um, So it's not like I can be like, wow, thank you. It's just, okay, he did it. It's a first step, but it's very easy to post a black box and a written statement versus actually having to answer in real time on a live television show on the After the Final Rose where he could have, and they decided to not even address it. And I think that was a very big missed opportunity by this show. Hey, Steve, I really appreciate the work you do. I subscribe to your podcast, read your blog, and subscribe to your Instagram and TikTok. Please forgive me, but I am Gen X. I I love spoilers and used to appreciate having a go-to place on your site to get a one-stop list, but pretty much forgot 10 minutes later. Or forget 10 minutes later. I saw your BIP spoilers a while ago, but now the show has started. I love a quick, easily assessed place to see them, not a long video to rewatch. You used to do this, and I miss it. Simply a BIP spoilers tab would be awesome. I will continue to follow your stuff. Also, the intro song to your podcast is a bop. I sing along in the car. Somebody asked yesterday in reader emails about the, the song and what are the words, and they tried to guess what the words are. I wish I could help them. I emailed the lead singer of the band to be like, hey, can I get the words to this? Because you can't even Google that song, Rave Up, Shut Up, and find the lyrics. It's nowhere on the internet. And I'm just like, the words to Positively Lost Me, which is the um, song that's on this podcast, the intro song on this podcast, Positively Lost Me by the Rave Ups. You can Google Positively Lost Me lyrics and get those on the internet. Hell, you can get them on Apple Music if you listen, if you have the song downloaded on your phone. Just hit the... uh, that little icon there that gives you the lyrics. It doesn't for Rave Up, Shut Up, which is the title of the song for the Daily Roundup. So I emailed the um, lead singer. He hasn't gone back to me yet, but I will let you know because I don't know the words either. You know, you kind of hum it. You kind of can pick out every like third word, but it's very fast. And yeah, I don't know the words either, but I'd love to know them. Hopefully he'll get back to me. Now, for what you said about the spoilers for Bachelor in Paradise, you are right. In one aspect, you're right. In one aspect, you missed out on something. Um, There is a tab on both mobile and desktop. If you go to mobile, be up on top top of all the articles, it says right there, there's a tab that says BIP 8 spoilers. Now, and on desktop, same thing. Just go to spoilers, the drop-down list. The first thing says uh, Bachelor in Paradise Season 8 spoilers. Now, the thing about it is once you click that tab, 
it is spread out over probably three columns because as Bachelor in Paradise was happening and filming back in June, I was delivering stuff as it was happening. So I just haven't take I just haven't taken the time to put it all in one post, and that's what I need to do. I threw it out there last week, like, hey, if somebody wants to help me out and look at those three posts and put it all in one post, I'd really appreciate it. Um, there might even be something in it for you if you do it, because that wouldn't go unnoticed. But I just haven't had the time to do it, and I probably should. So you will get that at one point, and then it'll go in like a future column, like on a Wednesday column with reader emails. It'll also say like all your Bachelor in Paradise spoilers in one spot, and then that will be tagged Bachelor's Act or you know um, BIP eight spoilers, and then that'll be the first thing that pops up when you go to that tab, that particular column. So that'll be a way to access it. Next one. I know you're a huge challenge fan. Have you watched the challenge untold history documentary? Fascinating background info. Great question. I have it on my DVR. I have not watched it yet. I probably should, especially before, not that it has to do with, um, ah, what, what's the new one? I keep wanting to say spies, lies and allies, but that's, that was last season. Oh, rider dies. Rider dies starts next Wednesday, the 12th. Next Wednesday, the 12th. So I'll probably watch it before then, but it's definitely on my DVR still. I have not watched it. I have seen clips of it on Instagram stories and some of the MTV challenge people that I follow. And I'm trying to get a couple challenge people on to, uh, you know, to preview the season upcoming. But I don't know if I have, I've, I've DM them directly. I don't know if I have to go through the show. I don't know how MTV does interviews in terms of letting them talk to the press. They clearly have talked to the press because you've seen some people already promoting Rider Dies, but I don't know if you have to go through MTV or what. So hopefully by next week we'll know. Steve, could you please refresh us on the engaged, still with each other couples? Serene, Brandon, Victoria Fuller, and I forget who, Johnny. Uh, someone else. The season is unbearable. It's a phony and manipulative as Bachelor and Bachelorette, which I stopped watching eons ago. The ghastly story time, I figure, is screen time to make Wells happy despite losing host to Jesse. The way Jesse leers at women is gross. Um, I haven't noticed that. Does he? I, I don't. I have not noticed that at all. But maybe I haven't been paying attention. The black box is just a gimmick. If they truly objected to female nudity, they'd forbid strings masquerading as clothing. My husband asked, why don't their bikinis tops fit? Um, I had this conversation with somebody, and somebody told me that they're wearing their tops upside down because that's a new bikini trend. Upside, They're wearing the bikini tops upside down? Huh. Okay. Um, the question, some of the ages seem highly, uh, unlikely. Don't they verify? I, I mean, I can only go off of what the show puts out there on the cryon when it says like Aaron, you know, how old Aaron is, you know, whatever their ages are. I don't vet birth certificates for all these contestants. If they want to lie about their age, that's on them. But I don't know. I have never followed up on somebody's age and been like, no, they're lying. And here's the proof. I found a birth certificate. Like, I just go whatever with what the show says. As for the beginning part of your question, updating you on the couples, Serene and Brandon still engaged. Victoria and Johnny uh, still engaged. Um, Michael and Danielle Maltby are still together. Tyler and Brittany left the show together, but they have since broken up. 
Logan and Kate broke up on the show. I don't know if they've gotten back together. Um, and then the other one, Aaron and Genevieve, I don't believe have gotten back together. They broke up on the show. So those like were the six main ones. I don't think Shanae is with anybody. But you got to remember, there's 44 people that showed up on the show this season. You'll see at some point during Bachelor in Paradise. So it's impossible for me to keep track off show of has anybody hooked up post-show? Is anybody dating? I mean, I don't know in terms of those six are the main ones, and I think that's all accurate. But even that might be wrong. It's it's very hard to keep track because this show filmed in June, and here we are in October. So a lot could have happened in July, August, and September. Next question. Two things I wanted to note from today's podcast. They're talking about uh, yesterday's Daily Roundup. Number one, even back in the day when you were making fun of contestants more, you always made it clear that no one should be sending out death threats to contestants. I can't believe it's 2022 and people are still doing that. I mean, hey, I agree. Like, it's it's utterly ridiculous, and that's why I call this toxic bachelor nation. If you're not um, somebody who does this and you're not somebody that ever takes to social media to contact these people or DM them or leave a nasty thing on their uh, nasty comment on their Instagram feed, then we're not referring to you. But there are plenty of people that do. I mean, just listen to Clayton and Susie and his podcast with uh, Caitlin and just talking about the amount of death threats he's gotten. Just the, that, the fact that somebody can do that and message somebody and I'm guessing most of those death threats come from accounts that are finstas or ones that were just created to talk shit about somebody because nobody would be stupid enough to have their real Instagram account with their real picture and their real life story on their Instagram account and tell somebody to go kill themselves you'd have to be the biggest fucking moron on the planet to do that because that's easily reportable you would get banned if that person took the time to just send that to Instagram and be like, look at what this person is sending me. You'd have your account banned. Assuming Instagram gets to it. Now, you know, having spoken with Ashley Spivey numerous times in the past and she had to deal with it, Instagram is very slow to get around to some of those things. So I can't even necessarily say that that person would 100% get banned. We just don't know. And then their second part of this email was Suni Lee would have been 18 while on Dancing with the Stars since she's a college student at Auburn War Eagle. Still loving starting my day with the Daily Roundup. Have a great day. That's correct. Suni Lee was 18 when she was on the show. And someone sent me yesterday some pictures of Sasha Farber's Instagram account with Suni Lee, like when they were standing there getting scores from last fall or whatever. 2021's season of Dancing with the Stars, and he had his arm on her around her. It was on her shoulder, but the two pictures they sent me, they were straight from Sasha's Instagram account where he was just talking about, oh, wow, Suni did great tonight. I'm so proud of her, and it was just a picture of them standing there, and he had his arm on her shoulder. So, I again, it's a, it's a case-by-case thing, but there must be something in place where it's just, hey, you have an 18-year-old partner just – Less touching, just don't do it. Even though we know it's not sexual, let's not give anybody the ability to run with a narrative that's not really true. 
All right, final email here. And I do want to say this one will remain anonymous, just like all of my reader emails. I don't, you, you've seen me do reader emails for years. I don't even put the names of the people, especially not the email addresses of the people that message me. But I want to say this next email is a trigger warning as in this next email I'm about to read, there is a sexual assault that is described. But I felt it was a very important email to read. Um, obviously, I have no idea who this person is. I've already deleted their email. Because when I do reader emails, I just copy and paste and put it onto a Microsoft Word, and then I delete the email. So I don't even know who this person is. So I read this, and I'm like, okay, this I wanted to uh, talk about this in the podcast today. So, again, trigger warning, uh, there is a sexual assault description in this email. It reads like this. Hey, Steve, I guess I'm writing to say thank you more than anything. I can think of one reason and one reason only for Vanessa's horrible take on the Brock Turner case. She's talking about Vanessa Esparson, the person that was on Facebook who was a possible candidate to be a contestant on Zach's season. We, we know what Vanessa wrote. I put it out there a couple weeks ago. She ended up getting cut. Anyway, I can think of one reason, one reason only for Vanessa's horrible take on the Brock Turner case, and it is probably giving her too much credit to assume that perhaps she has a similar history to mine. More than likely, she was just coming from a place of judgment and self-righteousness. But speaking from my personal experience, being raised in the Deep South, I was raised to think, whether directly or indirectly, that if I got really drunk and was raped, it would be at least partially my fault that I would have been quote unquote asking for it. I love my parents and don't know if they ever directly said as much, but that viewpoint is how I was raised to think. I was a goody two shoes throughout high school and never drank. But then I found myself in a situation in my early to mid twenties where I did go to a bar one night with some friends and acquaintances, not good friends or boyfriends, but people I knew through my boyfriend at the time. And at the end of the night, when we returned to their house where my car was parked, I was gang raped by at least three of the men. I passed out partway through, probably partially from the drinking and partially from how I fought back in the bathroom. And they slammed my head against the wall several times, hitting my head. And I have lived the 20 plus years since thinking it was for sure, at least partially my fault. I never told my parents but a friend did take me to the hospital the next morning and I had a rape exam performed. And luckily, I guess, I had conscientious rapists and they either used condoms or pulled out before completion because no genetic material was found. I was scraped and bruised, but I remember the hospital and police basically telling me nothing could be done without genetic material. And the look on the police's faces when I explained that I could take them to the house and show them exactly who did it was very demeaning and condescending. At least that's how I took it. I felt like they all but told me to not bother them, and they did tell me to, quote, be smarter in the future and not put myself in that situation again, end quote. So I guess thank you for repeating over and over again that rape is not a punishment for getting drunk. I needed to hear that. Well, thank you to whoever sent that in. First off, um, I can't begin to tell you how sorry I am that you had to go through that at some point in your life. It's just, that's horrifying. And I've hoped that 
years later, you've somehow been able to get through it some way through some sort of therapy. And, um, I, I, there, there just isn't much to say about something like that. Like that's horrible to hear and read something like that. Secondly, I, I mean, I, I appreciate you thanking me for saying that, but obviously that's not my phrase. That was the phrase that I used repeatedly when I spoke about this case, because that's what Chanel Miller said during her 60 minutes interview, um, that, she heard all the same stuff that you did, that women getting blamed for drinking too much. And, hey, well, maybe if you didn't drink so much, you wouldn't have been in that position. And, no. Let's stop with that sort of mindset. It's disgusting. And, yeah, that's just the simplest thing. I mean, if you watch that 27-minute interview that Chanel Miller did on 60 Minutes, all you got to do is YouTube it. I have the video up, but if you don't remember which post it was in, just Google Chanel Miller 60 Minutes and you'll find it. It was probably the the biggest thing I took from that video was that line of hers. And obviously there's other good messages in there and just the two engineering students that happened to be riding by on their bike that saw it happening and the ones that stopped it because who knows what would have kept happening if those two guys did not see what was going on and and jump off their bikes and hold Brock Turner down until the police came. Who knows what would have happened behind that dumpster? But, yeah, that's her line, and it's a great line. It's a very empowering line, and there really is no way to dissect that and try and break it down or break it apart. It is as simple as you can get. I don't care how drunk anybody gets. They could blow a .5 on a breathalyzer. Well, you can't really blow a .5 because I think you'd be dead, but... That's, I mean, that's some serious, serious alcohol poisoning or alcohol intake into your system. But you could blow a point, you know, three. Because, I, you know, I've seen when athletes just get in trouble all the time, their BALs would get out on the news and be like, oh, he blew a point two two or a point two four, which is, you know, three times above the legal limit. So let's just say, you know, something like that, point two four, point two seven, point three zero, whatever the case. You're, let's just say you are hammered, you know, three times the legal limit. Okay. That doesn't give anybody the right to rape you. I'm sorry. That's just. And anybody who has a mindset of. You know, well. There's got to be some responsibility on your. No. I I can't even. (laughs) I can't even seriously think of how somebody could have that mindset. I really can't. Who thinks that way? That immediately it comes to, well, but the, but the person drank so much. And? How about you just teach men not to rape women and sexually assault them? How hard is that? It doesn't give you any sort of right to do that to anybody, sober or not. But thinking because, oh, they're not going to respond or they're not going to consent or I can get it. I just, uh, I'm sorry. That's that's disturbing. Again, I apologize that you had to ever go through that. Thank you for emailing that to me. Uh, I'm glad I could help in some way. But if you're ever feeling, you know, rough, and I, I don't know if this still, obviously it's always going to be a memory in your mind, but I would I would either go watch Chanel Miller on 60 Minutes or even get her book. 
you know, buy Chanel Miller's book, which is said it's, it's called know my name. And it came out in, I believe 2019. It's a memoir by her. And it basically breaks down her experience of being sexually assaulted back in 2015 on, uh, on the, on the Stanford, um, I believe it was on the Stanford campus, but I could be wrong about that. I know it was at a frat party and Brock Turner was in a frat at Stanford. He was an athlete for them, but maybe it was a local college that they went. I don't know, but she wasn't even a student at the school. That was, you know, something that's also gotten misreported over the years. She wasn't, she didn't even go to Stanford. She was just local to the area and went to a college party. But again, that doesn't change anything. Like who cares if she's a student at the party or not? Again, Nobody should be getting assaulted behind a dumpster after, at a frat party. Period. End of story. So thank you all for your emails. I really appreciate it. Like I said, I wanted to – it's been about two and a half months, three months since we did a reader email. This is probably going to be something that you get two or three times a year. Sometimes it's because I had a late cancellation. Um, in this case, I didn't necessarily have a late cancellation, but I had somebody that I thought was going to be on the show, and then they found out on Monday that they couldn't do it this week. And I'm like, it was just, it was very tough to find somebody basically to, to do it yesterday or, or record it, uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday. So I was just like, you know what? I'll do some emails. And, um, so yeah, there's, I, I, I wish we could have had a little bit more emails cause I didn't really give out and tell people like, Hey, podcast coming when you're answering your reader emails, but you know, we got a good, almost 40 minutes out of it. So Thank you all uh, for, for those that did send emails in this week that uh, didn't make it to reader emails. I figure I'd do it verbally on this podcast. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please uh, rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. It's always very much appreciated. The Daily Roundup was posted a couple hours ago on my feed, so you can check that out. And again, we will be back next week, maybe with an MTV challenge person to preview um, every time I want to say the name of this upcoming season, the first thing that pops into my head is spies, lies, and allies. I don't know why, but yet it's ride or dies. And I get, maybe it's the IES thing. That's totally confusing me because you have back-to-back seasons of, you know, spies, lies, and allies, and now ride or dies. And I'm just blanking every time I want to say the name of the season, but hopefully we'll have somebody from that season to preview it. Obviously they can't give away spoilers, but, I do want to talk to there's a few people obviously that I'm interested in talking to. And hopefully it's not a big hassle going through MTV to get these people to come on the podcast because they're clearly doing other media. But again, I don't know how I'm viewed in other media outlets. Some I can get, you know, obviously with temptation Island, I get those contestants all the time. And with Joe millionaire, it was easy to get those contestants uh, whenever I wanted, but with people I don't have an affiliation with, I mean, I've never spoiled anything on MTV, so I don't know why they would have an issue with any of their contestants coming on, but that's not my call. I also have never spoiled anything in regards to any CBS shows, and I tried to get some Love Island people on in the past, and they just said no. So, I don't know. We'll see. Play it by ear. But if we can't get that, then I'll you know try and find somebody else. But again, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it, and we will talk to you next week.